Hey guys, Voices for Justice will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, I wanted to share a preview of a new series from my friends at the Fall Line podcast. Starting January 11th, the Fall Line begins a three-part series covering the cold case of Chairo Garibay Ferreira. On December 11th, 2005, 20-year-old Chairo disappeared. She planned on attending church with her family in all of Hearst, California, but she never showed. Her family was immediately concerned. This wasn't like the responsible young adult they knew. She kept busy with work, family obligations, and preparation for college, which she planned to start in the new year. She was also looking forward to a family trip back to Mexico where she'd been born. She hadn't been back since they moved to the States, and she was excited. But Chairo wouldn't have that chance. Chairo was reported missing to the Yuba County Sheriff, and both her family and law enforcement began an exhaustive five-week search that ended in the tragic discovery of her body in a drainage area near her own home. Though there would eventually be a $50,000 reward authorized in Chairo's case, no one has been arrested for her murder. Right now, I'm going to play you a clip from the first episode in the series. Head over to the fall line to follow Chairo's story and hear from her family, and what they and investigators hope can be done today. Find The Fall Line, a true crime podcast, anywhere you listen. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Voices for Justice. This is a three-part series that will be released over three weeks. Please be sure to begin with episode one. This series discusses crime scenes and murder. Listener discretion is advised. This is The Fall Line. In Oliverst, California, in the last days of 2005, a 20-year-old named Chido Garabay Ferreira failed to arrive at church. Her family had gone on ahead and expected her to appear later. With some family members singing in the choir, and a special program planned to celebrate the Virgin of Guadalupe, whose namesake feast fell on the next day, December 12th. Chido's mother, Magdalena, and her stepfather, Lionel Sr., and her little brother and sister, Lionel Jr., called Junie by the family, and Marisol, all had to leave the house by 5.30 a.m. They piled into Lionel Sr.'s Dodge Ram for the trip, but Chido had her own car, paid for by her job at the local video store so she could sleep in a little and meet her family later. They'd be performing at two different masses that morning. Chido would catch up in her 2002 Mercury Cougar. It was a vehicle her little brother and sister and cousins all loved. But Chido Garibay never met her family at mass. When her mother and father arrived home, her brother and sister had gone to their cousin's house to play. Chido wasn't there either but her purse and cell phone were still in her room, and her Mercury Cougar was still parked outside. Instead, the family's third car, a Toyota Camry that Magdalena drove, was gone. Something was wrong. Magdalena began to make calls. Their family was large and close-knit, 
The Ferreira side was stretched across the little towns near Yuba City, like Oliverst and Marysville, where most of the siblings and their grandmother and grandfather, Magdalena's parents, had settled. Call to call, person to person, then to Chido's friends. She had many. The question was asked again and again. Where is she? They didn't have time to call the Yuba County Sheriff's Office. Deputies arrived at the family's door, but they hadn't found Chido. According to the Appeal Democrat, the family's Toyota Camry had been discovered, quote, submerged in the Bear River next to a train trestle a half mile east of Highway 70. That was an area a few miles from the family's home. That's right at the Yuba County and Sutter County lines. The car had been spotted, per the Democrat, by, quote, a nature photographer. It was just chance that the Camry had been found so soon. They'd followed the registration to Magdalena and Lionel's home. But there was no sign of Chato, and there wouldn't be. Not for days and days. Even with exhaustive ground searches, endless flyering by her family, sleepless nights, she had entirely disappeared. The only sign at the house that was unusual, law enforcement noted to the Democrat, was that there was an open window, and the screen to the window was laying outside on the ground and it was unclear whether this had anything to do with her disappearance. Chido vanished from her Northern California home, from her small town, on December 11, 2005. In a community of roughly 13,000 people, who, per the Appeal Democrat, at one point formed a hand-to-hand chain to search for her, it was difficult to imagine what could have happened. Chido was a busy, well-liked, family-focused young adult with plans to attend college on the horizon. She'd graduated from the local high school. She was a popular staple at the counter at the local video store. She was well-known in her church community and the Spanish-language youth group. She had friends, and people everywhere knew her. But no one came forward to say that they'd seen anything. No one ever entertained the idea that Chido Garabay had run away or left her life behind. She's a good girl. That's what every news story echoed. The sheriff's investigators, her family, friends, the church, they all knew something had occurred. Chido's parents had been home by 10.30 a.m. that Sunday, and in five hours, she was gone without a trace. On Wednesday, December 14th, three days after Chido's disappearance, then Undersheriff Steve Durfer told the Sacramento Bee, quote, The circumstances are highly suspicious. We're not ruling out the possibility of foul play. We're not discounting any theory at this point. And soon, the word kidnapped began to appear in local news reports. It took a few days, but authorities were eventually able to narrow down what Chido was likely wearing when she disappeared. Cowboy boots, jeans, a zip-up hoodie. She might have had on her favorite jewelry. Within a few days, the Appeal Democrat reported that the Yuba County Sheriff had set up a 24-hour tip line asking for any information pertaining to Chido's disappearance. On December 15th, the paper described an extensive search with scent dogs along the banks of the river, and quotes from volunteers who joined in to aid the mission were included. Uriel Chavez, Chido's cousin, told the Democrat, quote, I don't know why she's missing. She didn't have any enemies. And there were quotes from Chido's boyfriend, her cousins, her aunts and uncles, and friends. 
so many people were worried. By the 20th of December, the paper reported that the same areas had been searched and searched again, especially, quote, along the Bear and Feather Rivers, on foot and horse and all-terrain vehicles. Dogs had again been brought in. The force was largely volunteer and had help coming in from across the region, including outside Yuba County. Chairo's parents' house had become a home base for neighbors and volunteers and their large extended family who met to help with firing and searches, anything that was needed. And, in the afternoons, Magdalena, Chairo's mother, would sit and wait for news. But there was no news. Christmas passed. Relatives from other towns sent presents for Chairo, hoping she'd be home to open them. She missed the trip to Mexico that she'd planned on making with her family. It would have been the first time she had a chance to visit since she'd immigrated as a child. We first heard of Chido Garibay when a listener of the show contacted us and asked us if we'd cover her case. Anna told us that Chido was her partner's cousin. She told us that he and his family had been waiting for answers for a long time. As we messaged over Instagram, it soon became apparent how many people who loved Chido would be willing to speak about her. Her cousins, Hansel and America and Gracia, her mother Magdalena and her Aunt Carmen, who interviewed with Brooke with the translation help of our special content advisor and translator, Guadalupe Lopez. Chido's brother, Lionel, nicknamed Juni, and her sister, Marisol. Chido's high school friends, Ophelia and Ashley, there is a lot you need to know about Chido. Her life didn't begin and end that day in December in Northern California when she promised to meet her family at church, but never made it there. And there's more to tell you about her case. But first, you need to know more about her. And then you'll discover what her family needs from you. Now, more than 17 years after police stood on their front porch, telling them their family car had been discovered in the river. Es que antes de que naciera mi hija, uh, ese nombre yo lo oí de una artista mexicana que tenía un I. Ese nombre se le puede poner niña o niño. Entonces dijo Chairo. Y a mí me gustó ese nombre. Luego, luego. That was Magdalena, Chairo's mother, talking about how she chose Chairo's name. She told us that she liked the name Chido because it was gender neutral, and she first heard it as the name of a Mexican artist. She told us, quote, One day my sister-in-law mentioned the name Yosefe, and I liked how it sounded, Chido Yosefe, and so that's what we named her. The meaning for Chido is welcome to this world, and Yosefe means white dove. The meaning is wonderful. That's why I loved it, and it fit her very well, because my daughter was always very happy. She had a smile that never went away. Today, many of her friends that I keep in touch with have told me they named their children after her, and it makes me very happy. Unlike her younger brother and sister, Chido was born in Mexico. She moved with her mother and several other family members to California when she was young. She hadn't seen her biological father since then, and there were plans for her to meet with him when the family took their Christmas trip in 2005. But, of course, with her disappearance, that trip never came. No one wanted to leave, not even the city, to see family close by. 
they needed to be on hand to find her. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.